Hey, thanks for tuning into the Hammond New Harvest Church podcast. This is a special series by Pastor Brian Shaver called Don't Let Your Dream Die, The Study of Joseph. It's a five-part series streaming from the Hammond New Harvest Church in Hammond, Indiana, the perfect church for people who aren't. We're going to close this series on Joseph today. This thing has, it has ministered to me. And I want to go to Genesis chapter 50. Is it, has anybody else got anything out of this, this series? Amen. Genesis chapter 50, verses 16 through 21. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. I want to finish this with the bitterness that kills our dream. The bitterness that kills our dream. Would you stretch your hand this way? Father, we love you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the spirit of worship. I thank you, God, for the ministry and song that's gone forth. And now, God, I pray that your word will go forth and just complete what you've already begun. God, I pray for the one that's hurting today. I pray for the brokenhearted today. I pray for the one that's been wronged today. That bitterness will not be allowed to set in. Speak to that one today, I pray. God, I ask that you'll anoint your servant one more time. If you leave it up to me by myself, I'm in trouble. God, if you'll help me, you can minister in this place, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Will you give the Lord your best hand clap of praise as you're seated? Ushers, we will be meeting following the service. Uh, quick usher meeting. Pastor Jack reminded me of that. I got a good memory, just short. And uh, so I, he had to help me. I've shared this story with you before. One of the, the, the greatest stories on forgiveness and, and, and bitterness is a woman by the name of Arna Washington and, and a young man by the name of, of Ron Flowers. Arna Washington had a daughter, Deidre, called her Didi, and she, uh, she was with her boyfriend in a drug deal that went bad, and Ron Flowers shot and killed Didi Washington. Arno was a Christian, and she lost her, lost her daughter. She was angry. She was bitter. Ron Flowers went to prison for his crime, and Arna Washington's pastor did prison ministry. You remember this story? Arna Washington's pastor did prison ministry, and he met Ron Flowers, the killer of Arna's daughter, Dee Dee. He led him to Jesus in prison. Ron Flowers told the pastor, he said, I would love to meet that girl's family and just tell them how sorry I am. The pastor said, well, I'm, I'm her mother's pastor. I'll talk to her. So he went to Arna Washington and he said, Ron Flowers wants to meet with you and tell you he's sorry for shooting your daughter. 
what would you do? She said, absolutely not. He said, I'm not going to pressure you, but if the Lord helps you, I'm praying that you'll be able to sit down with Ron Flowers and meet with him. She did, eventually. They set up a room in the prison, and she walked in, and when Ron Flowers came in, he fell at her feet and began to cry and beg her forgiveness. The killer of her daughter begging for her to forgive him. What would, what would you do? Have you ever had to do something that you just did not want to do? Something that God was pulling you toward and you knew you were supposed to, but it went against everything in you. Something that, that pulled against your, your, your very nature. Joseph went through situation after situation all while being obedient. He, he was obedient to God, and yet he keeps his dream alive through it all. He keeps his dream alive through the hurt. We talked about that. He doesn't blame people. He doesn't play the victim. That, that would have been natural if he would have done that to say, they, they did this. When you've been hurt, the most natural thing to do is focus on what's been done to you. When you've been hurt, it's, it's just natural to focus on the pain that, that you feel. But, but that's not what Joseph does. He rises above the hurts. He releases the past, and he, and he moves forward. He keeps his dream alive through the temptation. He, he doesn't give in to it. He, he doesn't even fight it, but he runs away from it. That's how he survives the temptation. He refuses to let his dream die in disappointment. He doesn't wallow in it. He doesn't use it in his, as an excuse for depression. He, he's, he's, he's not using it as a, an excuse for not achieving anything in life, but he overcomes by keeping his mind and his focus on God, and, and he continues to serve. When you're discouraged, you don't feel like getting out. When you're discouraged, you don't feel like praising. When you're discouraged, you don't feel very thankful. But Joseph serves, and he remains faithful even when he's discouraged. He, he doesn't let success ruin his dream. He doesn't push his way into the spotlight. That would have been natural. He's, he's got information that the most powerful man in the world needs. And he, he could have embraced the applause, but he doesn't do that. Instead, he steps back, and he recognizes that any success he has is because of God's hand, and it's for God's glory. He doesn't let bitterness kill his dream. He refuses to take revenge. He refuses to get even. That would be natural. That would be what I would want to do. When, when you're bitter because of something that's been, been done to you, the most natural thing, the most natural feeling is to even the score. It's not what Joseph does. Instead, he extends grace and he extends forgiveness. I don't believe he felt like it. I know that's where many of us are. Some people are facing obstacles and what God is calling you to do is not what you feel like doing. It doesn't feel natural. You don't feel like forgiving. You're thinking, no, no I, I, I can't forgive him, not, not after what he's done to me. I, I, I can't forgive her, not after what she said to me. I can't forgive them, not after they betrayed me. I cannot, I cannot, not after they've humiliated me, not, not after they've hurt me. But the longer you wait, Eason said this in Sunday school this morning, the longer you hold on to that bitterness, the more it takes hold of you. And I understand you don't want to ask for help. While you're struggling, the most natural thing is to keep it a secret because we feel like the worst thing that we could face is if somebody found out. So we don't want to ask anybody for help. But the struggle holds you back and it kills your God-given dream. And, and, and you've tried to do this by yourself, but you can't. It doesn't feel natural to be thankful when you're going through difficult times, especially when it's not fair, especially when it's not your fault. You feel like being angry. You feel like being resentful. But doing that will will kill your God-given dream. 
So as we talk about Joseph's life, let's do a, a quick recap because over and over he challenges us. He challenges us to do things that don't feel natural, we, things that we don't want to do. As we recap his life, we met him as a 17-year-old young man and he has this God-given dream that, that his life is going to make a difference. He tells his brothers about it in kind of a cocky way. Guess, guess who's going to be bowing down before me? And, 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 and they're, they already don't like him. He's, he's already his dad's favorite, his dad's buying him a coat of many colors, letting him use the car and the credit card, stay up. All, all, the, all the perks Joseph gets, and, and, and so they, they, they're tired of the favoritism. So they sell him into slavery. He becomes Potiphar's slave. But even as a slave in Potiphar's house, he is faithful in serving. He moves to the top because of his faithfulness. Potiphar has a wife. You remember Mrs. Potiphar? She gets her eye on young Joseph, and day after day, she is tempting him. It would have been easy. It would have felt like the, you know, I deserve this after what I've been through. I deserve a little bit of pleasure. I deserve somebody to throw their arms around me and tell me they love me. He could have talked himself into giving in, but he runs from the temptation. He faces one obstacle after another, but over and over we read the Lord was with Joseph. It's as if the writer of Genesis wants to remind us of that. It's as if he knew that if you read this story, you're going to be saying, where is God in all of this? So he tells us over and over, the Lord was with Joseph. And we ask, if the Lord's with Joseph, why is he going through all of this? Why is he in prison for a crime he didn't commit? Why? And the Lord's with him? Why is he facing that? We struggle with that. I struggle with that in my own life. We look at our circumstances and we use our circumstances to determine if God's with us. If everything's going smooth, we say, hey, the Lord's with me right now. But if we're going through a rough patch, God, where are you? Because if God's with me, I really shouldn't have to go through this, right? If the Lord's really with me, I shouldn't have to face that. Yet over and over, in the worst of circumstances, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. It may not have seemed like it at the moment, but the Lord was with Joseph. It may not feel that way for you right now, but God is still with you. You, you, you know what my problem is? I want God's dream, but I don't want to deal with the difficulty. I want God's opportunities, but I don't want the obstacles. Joseph over and over goes through this difficult period. For 13 years, he goes through a difficult period, but then he has this moment, and suddenly he finds himself standing before Pharaoh. He interprets Pharaoh's dreams. You're going to have seven years of plenty, and during that seven years of plenty, start saving because you're going to have seven years of famine. He instructs Pharaoh, you need somebody that's going to manage this for you, and Pharaoh says, you got the job. So Joseph is put in charge of all of Egypt, Genesis 41:44. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt and Pharaoh said to him I am Pharaoh but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval in one afternoon Joseph goes from a prison to a palace for 13 years we read the Lord is with Joseph and we're not sure doesn't seem like the Lord's with him, but then in one afternoon, everything changes, and Joseph realizes that God is bringing his dream to pass. In verse 51, Joseph names his older son. Watch his name of his son. This is important. He names him Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. He said, I'm moving on. I'm letting go of the past. But yet, I wonder if at night, when he's all alone, he lies awake and thinks about what was done to him. I wonder if he gets up and paces and thinks, mm, but that, 
that hurt and, and remembers. He remembers the pain. He remembers the betrayal and the hurt of his brothers. In the daytime, he's okay. He's got a lot of responsibility. He, he's managing the, 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 the food source. And then suddenly famine hits and people come to Egypt for food. Thousands of people have stood before him. Line after line, person after person, day after day. And one day he looks in the line and... Two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten. His brothers. They're there to ask for help. The brothers that threw him in a pit and listened to him beg for his life. The brothers that sold him into slavery are now standing in front of him. He's speaking Egyptian and wearing the Egyptian headdress. He is looking like royalty. They don't recognize this brother 20-some years later. There had to be some tint of bitterness. I mean, what would you do? I'd be like, well, looky, looky, looky. How do you like me now? Right? <laughs> you would too. You'd do the same thing. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Our pastor doesn't forgive people. You'd be the same way. Yeah. I would. How do you like me now? Genesis 42, verse 6. Since Joseph was governor of all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was him to him that his brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. That had to be a good feeling. If you've been hurt, I mean, the anger, you feel the anger stir. Uh, you just, he remembers his dream as a 17-year-old boy. And in that dream, his brothers bowed down to him. And this is the moment. Satisfaction. There's a lot of different ways he could have gone from here. He, he could have he had him arrested. He, he could have had him executed. Nobody would have questioned his authority. You see these 10 guys? He could have just sent them back and said, you know Get out, of my, get out of my face. I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to have nothing to do with you. Just go. But he counts ten, and he realizes that I've got a younger brother, Benjamin. Where, where's he at? And he wants to make sure that Benjamin's okay. You ever think maybe he thought, I wonder if they did to him what they did to me. So Joseph puts him through a series of tests, and he, he takes him prisoner. He accuses him of being spies, and he tells him, if you've got a younger brother, then go get him. I'm going to keep one of you here. You go back and get your younger brother, and I'm going to keep this, this one as collateral. So he holds one brother hostage while the rest of them go back and, and get Ben. They don't realize that Joseph can speak their language. So they're talking to each other in Hebrew. He's understanding everything that they're saying. Verses 21 and 22 of chapter 40, speaking among themselves, they said, clearly we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, Reuben asked? But you wouldn't listen, and now we have to answer for his blood. So Joseph sees that they realize what they've done. He sees that, that, that they understand some of the pain that they've caused. For 22 years, these brothers have been in a prison of their own making. They've been living in guilt and shame. They've carried this secret among them that they've tried to keep hidden. And they think 
that now we, the, the, the chickens have come home to roost. Now we got to pay for what we did to Joseph. And they return with their youngest brother, Benjamin. And, and Joseph, if you read the story, he, he has a dinner for them. And I, I, he's messing with their head because he seats them from the oldest to the youngest. How would he know that? He just starts seating them from the oldest to the youngest. I, I don't think it, it, it's a coincidence. He, he, he sets them up and, and, and is just playing with them. After dinner, he, he, he takes a silver cup and he puts it in the youngest boy in Benjamin's travel bag and just sets him up for stealing. And, and then when they get ready to leave, he's like, somebody stole my cup. Nobody stole your cup. Go through their bags. And there's Benjamin's bag and there's that silver cup. And he says, I'm keeping him hostage. Judah, the oldest brother, or the older brother, says to them, let him go, take me instead. Judah. He says, I'll sacrifice my life for his freedom. That, that was Judah. I, I think that what we see is a picture of the gospel. Because you'll look down the line and you'll find one of Judah's ancestors do the same thing. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. And, and he does the exact same thing for you and me. I'll give my life for their freedom. Take me instead. It, it is a picture of the gospel. Judah says, I, I can't go back and, and tell my father he's lost another son. Joseph is overwhelmed by all of this. He, in verses 1 through 8, he, he said Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And the word of it quickly carried carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They're probably ready to change their pants about this time. <laughs> they were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold, pay attention here, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive, to, to preserve many survivors. It was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace, and the governor of all Egypt. Don't miss what's happening here. Joseph starts this conversation by identifying what's been done to him. You did this to me. You sold me into slavery. You hurt me. You broke my heart. You abandoned me. You abused me. He starts by identifying what had been done to him. But then he reframes the whole story and he says, God sent me. Three times, God sent me. God sent me. You sold me, but God sent me. God sent me. God sent me. Here's the story of his life. It is what it is. It's a tough story. He's been through some hard times, but Joseph has two different titles he can choose from. He can make this story, you did this to me, or he can make the story, God used this for me. It's the same story, but he gets to choose the narrative. He gets to choose the title. He looks at his life and he acknowledges God was at work. He refuses to be defined by something that was done to him. He's going to be defined by God's purpose for him. He refuses to be identified by the hurt that was caused him. Instead, he says, I'm going to be identified by God's faithfulness to me. 
Listen very carefully. You cannot change your story. Your story is what it is, but you do get to choose the title. You get to frame how it's told. You choose if your story is a story of defeat or a story of victory. You choose. It's the same story, but you choose whether it's a story of weakness or whether it's a story of God's strength. You choose if your story is about hurt or if it's about healing. It's the same story. What title are you going to hang on your story? You choose if you're going to be a victim or if you're going to be the victor. You choose if it's going to be a story about betrayal or if it's going to be about God's faithfulness. You choose whether your story is about you being rejected or about God redeeming you. You choose if it's about your sin or about his salvation. You choose. You choose if it's about depression or if it's about hope. You choose if it's about addiction or if it's about recovery. You get to choose the, the title of your story. Now you can shout and say, I choose, or you can sit and look down and depress. I can't make the decision for you. You're going to live with your own choice. Can't nobody pump you up and put you on life support and keep you going if you choose to be defeated. I'm not saying bad things didn't happen. I'm not saying you didn't experience hurts. I'm not minimizing that. I'm not saying to deny the pain that you feel. What I am saying is it doesn't have to be the title of your story. You get to choose. You decide if you're going to live in victory. Joseph looks at his life, and instead of saying, you did this to me, he said, God sent me. There's a bigger picture going on here. Later on, their father dies. The brothers think, well, it's over now. Joseph's going to get us now. Joseph in 50.20 says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save many lives. God's interaction overrides the hurt. And Joseph focuses on God's plan, and he realizes that the plan wasn't so much about him as it was what God wanted to accomplish through him. There's a bigger story. And he said, I'm not going to let the hurt that happened to me define me. I'm going to rise up. Anybody here ever been hurt? We've all been hurt. What are you going to do with it? What title are you going to hang on it? You can walk around a victim all your life. Walk around defeated all your life, or you can say, man, God was faithful. Joseph realized that his life was being used by God. One of the ways that you show that you're moving beyond yourself, that you're looking at something bigger than self, is you forgive people. If we're resentful and bitter and angry, it's because we're so focused on ourselves. Joseph forgives his brothers. He said, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? He puts it between them and God. You've heard me tell you this. I said this in Sunday school class. Forgiveness is not saying what you did to me was okay. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is saying what you did to me hurt and, and it wasn't okay, but I'm not going to let it control me, my actions, or my emotions any longer. It's between you and God. I'm moving on. 
It is not my job to change people who have hurt me. It's not my job to make them repent. It's not my job to make them pay. The lesson of Joseph is not what happened to him. He couldn't help what happened to him. The lesson is how he responded to what happened to him. There are things in your life that have... I'm, I'm, let's, let's pull up our big boy pants now. There are things in your life that have happened to you, and it's not your fault. You're not responsible. There are things that have happened to you that you didn't ask for. You're not responsible that those things happen. But how you respond, you're responsible. If you look back at the story of your life... If, if all the major events of your life were written on a dry erase board, hurtful things, and you could take a dry erase marker and say, I'm going to erase that. I wish that would have never happened. And I'm going to erase that. And I'm going to erase that. You may erase the very thing that God is using to make you an overcomer and to use you for his glory. Arnold Washington sat there as Ron Flowers knelt at her feet and asked her to forgive him for shooting her daughter. What would you do? She wrapped her arms around him and wept with him and said, I forgive you. She said, who's your mother? He said, I haven't had a mom for a long time. She said, I'm going to be your mother. The man who shot her daughter. He came up for parole. And guess who testified on his behalf? Arna Washington, the mother of Dee Dee, the girl he had shot. She testified on his behalf. They released him. He had nowhere to go. He moved in with Arna Washington. She took him in as her, as her son. Ron Flowers began prison ministry. And many souls came to the kingdom of heaven because he went into the prison and because a mother dared to let go of bitterness and forgive the most awful thing. And the kingdom of God was expanded. God, don't let me be bitter. Let me hang the right title on my story. And let me see what you're doing in my life. Stand with me. I don't know about you, but this, this whole series has taken me apart. Thanks for tuning into the Hammond New Harvest Church podcast. We'd love to have you visit our Sunday service at 11 a.m. Hammond New Harvest Church is located at 1421 173rd Street in Hammond, Indiana. For other information, news, and events, Follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Hammond New Harvest. We are the perfect church for people who aren't. Thanks and God bless.